0: I don't know if you've ever had one of those days where you work and you work and you work and then at the end of the day you find out that all your work was unnecessary. Those of you who've even tried to ever build an extension onto your house, you think you know what you're supposed to get, building permits and the rest, and in the end you find out all that work you did is not actually what they wanted. And you feel frustrated you might have a customer who's asked you to specifically get hold of something. And when you do, what do they say? I oh, don't worry, I came right. And you put all that work in. You might even have a task for an employer and he asks you and he says to you, it's so important, you need to do this. And here's the cut-off date and you do. And then the goalposts have changed. And it frustrates us because we put our time and our energy in and you kind of feel... Why? There's a Latin motto, Nisi Dominus Frusta. Can you recognize any of those words? Nisi, nothing, Dominus, God, and the one you should recognize, Frusta, frustration. So, put that together. What have we got? Yep, without God, frustration. And that's not actually true. We're going to come to what it's actually saying. It's based on this text that we're going to look on this morning. Our Wanganui motto, which is in French. Now, those of you who can speak French, excuse my French now. It's a bit like my Russian. It's not very good. Sans Dieu Rien. What is that? Without God, nothing. Without God, nothing. That's our city's motto. I wonder is that's your life motto this morning as well. Because if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, then that motto is splashed over your life. Without God, nothing. Let's see what God's word says to us about living life so that it means something. Because I don't want to get to the end of my life and then my life says, Useless. It's very important in teenagers and even children. You can understand what I'm saying because I'm speaking English. It's a bit of an accent, but I'm there. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, then at the end of your life, and don't think that you'll grow up to be an old person. You might not. At the end of your life, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, your life will be what? Useless. Now, am I just making this up this morning? No. Let's go to Psalm 127 as we've been going through the psalms in the holidays. Psalm 127 verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read the whole psalm, but I'm going to concentrate on verses 1 and 2. Psalm 127. Read with me in your Bibles. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he, and that's a capital letter if you've got a Bible that's well written, for he, that's God, gives to his beloved sleep. He gives to his beloved sleep. Verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, for the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Now, you might not always agree with that every day. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Now, I want to concentrate on verses 1 and 2. Verses 3 to 5 is the application he gives of this in the family. But that's a whole nother sermon. And I want to just look at these first two verses because they are critical to you and I. You see, Solomon, who wrote this psalm, you don't get many of him, but there he is, he was supposedly, according to Scripture, the wisest man in the world, and he gives a solution to life. And he says these words, unless the Lord builds the house, Those who build it labour in vain. So what does it teach you and I? What does God's word teach you and I about life today? The first thing it teaches us is that we must have total dependence on God himself. We must have total dependence on God himself. And I put a little red arrow there to try and imprint this into your minds too. Have total dependence on God in what you do. You see our text says, unless, and you don't even need to go further, because that is a conditional statement. It's saying something has to happen for something else to happen. It's like you get in your car, right? You've got to turn the key and get the engine going before you can actually go anywhere in your, in your car. If you don't, you're not going to go far. Unless you do one, the other can't happen. And so he says here, unless the Lord builds, the builders build in vain. And they might be the very best builders you can find. They might be Ray Smith builders. They might be Peter Morton builders. But unless God is also building, the builders building in vain. Those watchmen sitting on the walls, looking out for danger and keeping a city safe, they might be the very best watchmen you could find. Eagle Eyes Nathaniel might be sitting on those walls. But if God is not watching, says Scripture, then those watchmen, even though they're the best, will not be good enough. The enemy will still come into the city. You see, the starting point is all important. It's the Lord. We need to start there in life. That should be the prime importance in our lives. The story is told, and I think it's one of these urban legend stories, where the pastor called the little children up to give a children's talk. And as the children were sitting in front of him, he said to them, Now tell me, who can tell me about frogs? And little Johnny put up his hand and he said, Jesus! The pastor said, How would you make that connection, Johnny? And Johnny says to him, Pastor, you wouldn't have called us up the front here just to tell us about frogs. You see, it's funny, but there's there's a good lesson there for us. We need to start out with the right focus, because then the rest will fall into place. And that's what Solomon is saying here. He's saying, unless the Lord builds, you build in vain. And you might be the best at what you do, you will build in vain. And he's not just speaking about brick building or wood building in this country. He's speaking about life building. You see, our dependency must be on the Lord. There's a really classic example of this in Scripture, back in Genesis chapter 11. Anyone know what happened there? Oh dear. Tower of Babel. Ah, light. the Tower of Babel happened there. And if you don't know the Tower of Babel, the earth had multiplied. Men and women were on the earth, God had created them, they'd multiplied. And they were all speaking the same language. Now that should have been a fantastic advantage to mankind. Think what the world would be today if we could all, if we all spoke the same language, how we'd be able to work together properly. No translators needed. No loss of translation. And so these people were all speaking the same language. And what happened? It went to their heads. They said, let us build a tower that reaches up to the heavens Why did they say that? Because they wanted to do something for them. Nowhere was God mentioned in this. They wanted to show independence. And so what happens? God sees this happening and God interferes. And all he does is he introduces a few different languages. And now suddenly the builders can't understand each other anymore. And what happens to the building? It doesn't get built. You see, the people weren't putting the Lord as centre, they were putting themselves there. There's another example. Solomon's temple, 1 Kings chapter 5. The Lord gives Solomon the task of building the temple for the Lord. Took it away from David, gave it to the son Solomon. But the Lord's blessing is behind Solomon because Solomon wants to do this for the Lord. And so what happens? The complete opposite. Instead of confusion, even heathen elements like King Hiram, even these heathens work together for this big project and he allows them to strip his forest and to cut down massive cedars, to cut big blocks of stone out of his country, which is supposed to be an enemy country. But he gifts all these things to the temple of God. Why? Because God is in his place, you see. You see the difference? And so if you're a non-Christian here today, you need to please listen to me this morning. If you do not know the Lord, you are building your life, you are watching on the walls, and in the end, in your life, it's going to be useless without God. Now it might sound harsh coming from me in this way, but I'm just saying what Scripture is telling you. Without God, nothing. And so I urge you, Come to the Lord even this morning. And yes, you can depend on things for quite a while in your life. And if you've got the right bank account, you can buy all kinds of things to help you through this life. But in the end, it's going to be useless. I'm sure you've all seen the t-shirt. It says the one with the most toys at the end of life wins. But on the back it says that he dies nevertheless. It's true, isn't it? We can't take any of our toys to help us in the life hereafter. On that you have to depend on someone who survives through, and that is our eternal God. And if you haven't got Him in your life, you've got nothing. And so if you're a non-Christian here, without the Lord, your life will be useless in the end. James puts it this way, James chapter 4 verses 13 to 15. Listen to what he says. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. This is the eternal God speaking, by the way. He's got time on His side. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is what? Sin. It is sin. And that's God's word to you today. And so you might be in that mode of just coming and going, doing what you do because that's what you like to do, or that's what, or the track that you're on in life. But if God is not with you in it, then it is useless in the end. And Christians, if you already have the Lord in your life, if He is the one who has saved you, then I need to ask you this, as a pastor, is Christ still number one in your life? Or have other things taken the place of the Lord Jesus Christ? In other words, as you start this whole new year, is Jesus Christ part of the plans that you have for this life? Have you deliberately asked Him to be part of those plans? Have you deliberately asked Him to take those plans from you and to show you what He wants for your life this year? Have you acknowledged your dependence on the Lord? Or is it just lip service? You see, us Christians, we're quite good at that. We're quite good at saying one thing, and when it comes to practice, we actually don't quite stick to it like that. It's called lip service. And so I need to ask you this morning, based on God's word, are you totally dependent on the Lord this year? The second thing we learn from this passage is found in the same verse, and it's actually just the reverse. We are to totally dedicate our lives to the Lord. Now you might think, that's the same thing, isn't it? No, it's not actually. You need to depend on the Lord, but then in turn, you see that's God's action Then in turn, you need to dedicate your whole life to the Lord and everything that you do. It's the reverse action. Back to the Lord again. You see, it's that 100% God, 100% human thing. God wants to do work in your life, but He wants you to give your life to Him. And so, do you do what you do for the Lord? Do you build? If you're a builder here today, do you build for the Lord? And I'm not talking about brick and mortar. I'm talking about, do you actually do the job you do for the Lord? The best you can. The best energy you can give to it. If you're a teacher, if you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're an employer, if you're an employee, do you give your best to the Lord? In other words, do you do what you do for the Lord? That is dedicating your life to the Lord. And it's putting God in the place he should be. If the Lord builds the house, then you're not building in vain. And so I'd urge you this morning, watch as for the Lord. Do the job you do as for the Lord. Now listen to me, because there's two cop-outs we have in life, and here they are. Does our text this morning say, now that the Lord is watching, I can just sit back a bit. God will do it. You see, I've heard this before. Now that I know God is in control of my life, I don't have to do anything. I can just trust Him. It sounds spiritual but actually it's not at all because the Lord wants you to be the best watchman you can and then He will watch with you. You see the difference? It's not so much in the watching, it's on the dependency. It's on who is at the centre of what you do. So don't take a cop out on that this morning and don't say and misuse your faith because God is watching. Now I don't have to live the Christian life as I should. God wants you to do the best you can with the grace that He will give you. And I'm sad to say that I meet many believers and I look at my own life too at times in that mirror. And this word has been reflecting in my life this whole week. I meet so many Christians who've started off that walk and then they say, well, now I'm a Christian. And their life starts to show other things. They stop attending church. They stop reading their Bibles. They stop spending time with the Lord daily, because I'm saved. This is a word to you. Unless the Lord builds your house, that too will be in vain. Cromwell said it really well. He was the one who blew up things in history, lots of things. He's a good. No. He said this. He said, "Trust in God and keep your powder dry." There's two things, you see. There's trust in God, but there's the human side to that. I need to make sure that I do the best I can. Keep your powder dry. You're going to need it. And so if you bring up your family, dedicate bringing up your family to the Lord. Put it there as number one. If you're a spouse, love your spouse. Put God at the center of that relationship and love your spouse. Dedicate that relationship to the Lord. If you're an employer, look after your employees as unto the Lord. If the Lord builds a house, it will stand. Paul said it this way. He wrote to the Colossians in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 to 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. He didn't say if you do your business. He said whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord Not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. You see, working as for the Lord, that'll put a check on what you and I do. Teenagers, are you listening? Can you party as for the Lord? Are you saying we can't party now? We've got to wear black and look serious? No? You can party. But party as to the Lord. In other words, if Jesus is your saviour, he's right there with you at that party. Can you still do what you do with Jesus right here? When you socialise with your friends, can you still say what you say? Can you still talk about what you talk about as unto the Lord? Because Jesus is right here with you. Adults, you're not off the hook. When you buy things, right? And we're good at that. When you buy things, that car, that property, that gadget, radio controlled things, me. When you buy those things, do you first do it unto the Lord? Do you first ask the Lord if this is what He wants you to spend your resources on In His way. You see, we are so quick to build up the kingdom here on earth. And we're not even going to be here. We're going to pass on. And what are we doing? We are being watchmen on the walls. But God isn't in it. We are building an earthly kingdom. So, do what you do as unto the Lord. Invest in eternal things. And yes, you might get a good return. And yes, you will look flash in that new car. But has that got eternal value? Is that the way the Lord would have you build your life? Is the Lord in that? And yes, you could, and I'm not harping on cars, by the way. You can ride whatever you like. But maybe the Lord wants you to use your resources for something which will have eternal value. Maybe you could afford to get behind financially one or two missionaries. We've got some going out from our own church. And you can support them instead of driving that new car. Use that instalment payment and support someone going who's going to be taking the gospel. Build into the kingdom of the Lord. I'll get off the cars now. Do what you do as unto the Lord. Depend on Him. Those are our two points this morning. You see, because there's a third point here. If you don't, there's a result that happens. You see, you've all heard of the self-made man or the self-made woman. What does our verse say here? Verse 2. We're down to verse 2 now. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. You've heard of the self-made man and self-made woman, right? What is their motto in life? Work harder. Work longer. Work for more hours. Get more pay. Self-made man and woman. Because when I do that, it will give more meaning to my life. So is being a workaholic the answer? No, I'm afraid not. You see, Scripture says that too is useless. Why? Because that verse says, you will only eat the bread of anxious toil. You're going to eat bread, and it might be real expensive bread that you can afford, but it's going to be the bread of anxious toil. You're going to gain what you gain and there's going to be anxiety in your life and there's going to be stress in your life. So bring on the stomach ulcers. Bring on the tension headaches. Bring on the handful of pulls you've got to take in every morning. The Bible says in the end that's useless. No value in eternity. Spurgeon, good old Spurgeon, puts it as only he can. And he speaks about people who think that they can work themselves into the kingdom. Listen to this. Hard earned is their food. Scantily rationed and scarcely sweetened. Can't even afford to put sugar on there. Because it might be more money out of my bank. And it is perpetually smeared with sorrow. All because they have no faith in God. And no joy except in hoarding gold. Tell me, as you face a new year, 2014. Is money one of those goals? Has it become your God instead of God? In money I trust. So there is a consequence of not living this way. in Total dedication to the Lord and depending on Him every day. Letting the Lord build your house. But there's a beautiful promise that we find too in that same verse, verse 2. He, that's God, gives to His beloved sleep. Now, that's also a conditional phrase. We started out with one, unless the Lord builds. Here's another conditional one. He gives to His beloved sleep. You see, if you're not a believer here today, I'm sorry, this verse doesn't apply to you. Because to be able to get the true rest that He's speaking about here, which only comes from the Lord, He only gives that to His beloved. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are not His beloved. You are... The Lord's enemy, even though He loves you, you are His enemy. And yes, you might sleep, and you'll say to me, I know medically, physiologically, if I'm tired, I lie down and I sleep. True. But do you ever get true rest, the biblical rest that he's spoken about here, which is the rest not just of the body, but it's that rest which you get, which gives peace to your soul. You can lie down without a care in the world, and you can truly rest. The Bible says only God gives that rest to his beloved. So come to the Lord once again is the gospel message to you this morning. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ and find true rest for your soul. You need to find true rest for your soul and that can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, unless the Lord builds the house, you build your life in vain. You getting the message yet? And so we get to the so what question. So I've heard all this and some of it might have applied, but come on, Calvin, make this practical now for me. Alright, I'll make it practical. Make a list this week of all your daily activities. Daily activities. And each of those activities, and if you need to do it just for one day, write down all your activities, whether you're a mother with 50,000 things to do or whether you're the rest of us who only have three and we struggle with those. Alright? Make a list of your daily activities, teenagers included, and for each of those activities next to it, go and do some soul searching. Lord, am I dependent on you for this activity? Lord, have I dedicated this specific activity, whether it's just driving your kids to school or to their activities, have I dedicated this activity to you, Lord? Because if you can say yes to that, then the Lord is building that house with you. If not... You are building on your own. And yes, that's the level the Lord asks us to work on, is down to that daily activity. Are you deliberately dedicating your daily activities to the Lord? In other words, to put it in scriptural language, is Christ exalted and God glorified through everything that you do? Everything. Even driving the car. Secondly, here's another one, a bit more long range. Your bucket list. I heard about bucket list this morning. Items on your bucket list. You got one of those? No? All right, I'll carry on. Bucket list, those dreams, those aspirations you have in life, those things you'd still like to do before you die. Have you given those to the Lord? I want to put it in slightly different language Those things on your bucket list, do they have eternal significance? Or do they just point to self-gratification? It's very easy. Oh, So, Calvin, that means I can't go bungeeing. I still want to do that, and I do. Do you mean I can't do those things? Well, how much does it cost? Oh, only about $300. Well, could that money be better spent for eternal consequences? I suppose it could. You see the level we're getting to? So does that mean that I have to deprive myself of a bungee jump the rest of my life because the Lord has brought this on my mind? Well, it might. Are you willing to offer that up to the Lord? Or is it too big for you? You see the level we're getting to? Unless the Lord builds the house, we bungee jump in vain. And so the message to you this morning is, if those bucket list things, if your activities are not to the glory of the Lord, scrap them. Scrap them. And start dedicating your time and your future time to the Lord, whatever He may give you. See, the same is true of this church. Here we are, cosy little Whanganui's Baptist Church. 101 years we're going for now. You see, unless the Lord is here among us, and that means you and I, we make up the church, right? Unless the Lord is here present among us, unless He's present in our activities and our meetings, and we can have hundreds of those, we can go to three services on a day if you want to, But unless the Lord is in those three services, we build in vain. We build in vain. And there are many churches today, sadly to say, that are building in vain. Because the Lord is no longer building with them. We will accomplish nothing. And so as I end this morning, I want to ask you this. What is the motto splashed over your life this morning as you sit in front of me and over mine? What is that motto over our lives? Is it without God, nothing? Or is it with God, everything? Because it can be that. With God, everything. Then I'd urge you to hold on to the Lord. I'd urge you to dedicate every single moment of the day to the Lord. And you will find true rest in Him. As the Psalm said last week, Psalm 63 verse 1, Seek the Lord. Pursue hard after, remember? That's what we spoke about last week. Pursue hard after the Lord and His glory. And then you will find that He gives you true peace and true rest. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says this, And may this be the motto across your life this year for 2014. Seek first. you want to say it with me? Seek first. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And what's the promise? And all these things shall be added to you. Whatever that might be. And it might just include a bungee. But it might not. Seek first the Lord and His righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, brackets, whatever that might be, shall be added to you. God knows. 100% God, 100% you. And all by God's grace to us. He makes it possible. But are you living a life worthy of the Lord building in your life? Let's pray. Lord, these words ring true in our lives. The Lord doesn't build The Lord doesn't watch with us. We build and we watch in vain. And Lord, I pray for everyone here, Lord, they either know you or they don't know you as Saviour. And Lord, for those who do not know you as their personal Saviour, Lord, I pray that you will make these words mull around in their spirits and take root so that they too can find the source of true life, Jesus Christ, and find meaning in in their lives for eternity. Lord, I pray that they would not rest until they have found You, Lord Jesus Christ, as You pull them towards Yourself. And Lord, I pray for all those who are believers here this morning. I pray that we would live obedient lives before You, lives which have Your grace resting on us, that grace which makes all this possible because Your Spirit does your work in us. Lord, be merciful to us. And may the world see Jesus Christ in us as we live lives dependent on you and dedicated to you. Be glorified, we pray, through our lives. Amen.